you know, that's one of those things I thought like, well, you know, is there another party that's out there that, you know, we're talking about if it could have been somebody else. That's the thing I've always wondered is if there was somebody else that Amy was protecting. When this thing goes to court and trial, I have one shot and one opportunity to be not guilty or I go to prison in death row. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the reality of it. We have busted alibis. We have caught people in lies. This is just insane because everybody's pointing the finger at somebody else. You just don't hear every day walking in somebody's house they're going to take the plastic out and pop somebody. So he could get the execution date pretty much any day? Yeah. There's no impediment. This is Cousins by Blood. Episode 17, The Syndicate. In all of Amy's statements to police and on the witness stand at trial, and when Eichenberg and I interviewed her in Minnesota, one thing has stayed consistent for Amy, and that is that the engagement ring she was wearing and showing off was Amy Kitchen's engagement ring. She said she didn't know it at the time, but she said she later found out that that was Amy Kitchen's diamond platinum engagement ring. And that she received that engagement ring from Ivan shortly after midnight on November 4th, after Ivan committed the murders. And that's what makes the interview in this episode so interesting. And like most of the investigation in this case, it starts with a call out of the blue with a name that people hadn't thought about in 20 years. Yeah, I just missed a call, but I don't recognize the number. Hey, buddy. Uh, Yeah, this is uh, Matt Duff. I'm the private investigator working on Ivan Cantu's case. Okay. I found this guy's name, who we'll call Derek, on a printed out email from 2008 with the subject heading, email from Ivan's old friend. Now I hadn't seen Derek's name anywhere before and it was in a stack of papers that Ivan's wife Tammy had given me. I don't even know when. There's so many stacks of papers in the files for this case that some tend to stay into the, I'll get to that later pile. The ones that on the surface seem pretty insignificant. But regardless of how seemingly insignificant, I always get around to calling. It's been a long time and that, all that stuff's still pretty darn confusing for me because it just seems so out in left field. Um, I mean, I'm happy to you know, try to help throw any light I could on it, but I don't know too much, you know what I mean? Derek actually knew more than he thought, but he started telling me about how he knew Ivan. Put it in perspective, I mean, I used to go out of the boat quite a bit with, with him and uh, Bobbitt. You'll remember Ivan was Bobbitt's roommate for about two months in the summer of 2000. Ivan was kind of in between places after his divorce to his second wife, and Bobbitt was 27, like Ivan, and they became fast friends. And after Ivan met Amy in August, Amy started crashing at Bobbitt's, and even Amy's brother started crashing at Bobbitt's. And that got to be too many people crashing at Bobbitt's, so Ivan and the Betchers had to find another place to stay. But that summer before meeting Amy, this is how Derek remembered Ivan. You know, my memories of Ivan are pretty decent you know like he was always like very thoughtful and he did a lot i mean he was always like when it came like me or bobbit or he was a pretty thoughtful dude 
that's why when all this happened, it was kind of, I'm still perplexed by it. What, what is Bobbit saying? He, I think it's kind of like you. He, he's like, it never made sense. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of one of those things where it's like. Because Bobbit did um, you know, project management for construction. They were doing like hotels, I think, at the time. And um, yeah, that's one of the things that also stuck out was that I knew that uh, Ivan would always go meet him at the airport, make sure that he had a six pack of Shiner uh, Box ice down for him. Yeah, like, yeah, I know you've been working. Make sure you get a cold beer as soon as you got off the plane. <laughs> That's what I mean by, like, he would do things that were kind of thoughtful buddy stuff. You know, he, if we're at the lake, like, he'd kind of check up on people. Like, hey, you know, you need another beer. You know, I don't know. Like, just, he was always, like, real cordial. I mean, he was, he was really easy to become friends with. Like, him and Bob were both like that. Like, right after I met him, <clears throat> I mean, it was like, all right, yeah, these guys are cool, you know. Derek continued about Ivan. He's not somebody I would have ever thought of uh, me having to be distrustful as far as that he would steal something of mine. That would have never crossed my mind. Yeah, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd crashed on their couch at that apartment a couple times but, you know, after we got back from the lake. But, uh, yeah, it would never cross my mind. Yep, it never made sense to me. It's always been just a complete mindfuck. Like, it didn't make any sense. And this is what Derek remembers about the days leading up to the murders. Well, okay, so there was a um, an annual Halloween party that takes place called the uh, Dragon's Halloween Ball. So, oh, okay. Like the, the right before the murders, that one. Yeah. This Dragon's Halloween Ball was the very first Dragon's Halloween Ball in Dallas. I was surprised to see that it's still going. This past Halloween marked the 20th anniversary. It's a mega event, a massive warehouse masquerade ball with DJs, body paint, that kind of thing. And I believe in 2000, the ball fell on the Saturday prior to Halloween, on October 28th, 2000. And apparently James and Amy Kitchen went to that Dragon's Ball also, one week before they were shot to death in their bedroom. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. like, okay. we actually got um, a limo, and yeah, he was part of the group. And then after Halloween, like, he kind of just disappeared for about a week. But... um so I did run into him after he got back from Arkansas. I, I was at a uh, little bar restaurant, and yeah, because we obviously we ran some of the same circles. But um, yeah, I just talked to him briefly. Yeah, he was like, yeah, I was like, sorry to hear about your, you know, your cousin, and you know, I, I knew he was back, planning on speaking with the police and stuff. But that was, they he seemed pretty normal. I mean, like, wait, that's wait, why wait. When so I, you would have. So what day, I'm trying to think of when that would have been in the timeline, if you saw him. I, I, I'm, I don't know exactly, but it was after, the, I believe it was after he came back. Maybe it was right before he went to Arkansas. Yeah, everything kind of gets blended together, really. Derek was confusing this day, and you'll soon understand why. He was out with Amy, I can't remember the name of the place, his little bar restaurant that was by his, kind of over by Bobbitt and his uh, apartments. I ran into them there. Man, it's been so long ago. Are you uh, pretty sure that the murders had already happened after, you know, like you guys were talking about the murders, like they they just happened? Let me think for a second, because I mean, I, I really haven't. No, maybe not. Maybe they hadn't. Because after they came back to Dallas from Arkansas, 
Both Ivan and Amy said they went straight to Tawny's, then later that night went to IHOP to meet Ivan's mom and Aunt Penny, then went to Metal's and back to Tawny's. They never went to this restaurant bar after getting back from Arkansas, which we will eventually figure out that this bar was called Laura's Last Chance in Addison, North Dallas area. Um, I think it was right before they left for Arkansas then. And now that I'm thinking about it, that seems accurate. Like they were they were about to be on a road trip. And do you feel like that, that was after Halloween? It was after Halloween, but I, now that we're talking, I think it was just before they were leaving for Arkansas. But it also couldn't have been the night of November 3rd, the night of Ivan's midnight visit, when Amy said Ivan committed the murders. It couldn't have been the third because neither Ivan or Amy say they went to Laura's last chance that night. You'll remember they both said they went to house parties and the only establishment they went to was Club 7. To be honest, it's like uh, after reading some of the court stuff when I did, I, you know, I can remember at that time thinking, okay, F that dude. Because you know, I saw what evidence there was there. And yeah, I definitely went to a period of like, screw that guy. You know, that's Because it oh, yeah. seemed like, yeah, he must be guilty, you know. And which I'm, I know I was kind of weirded out about the, uh, when I read about the ring thing. Because in my memory, I was trying to think, did they show me that? Maybe they did. Mm. And then it freaked me out thinking, like, did I just run into him right after the murders? Because I couldn't remember the time frame. But I remember being weirded out. But the thing about them being engaged and going to see your parents, that absolutely, now that we're talking, seems like that was part of the conversation. And I told Derek what Ivan had told me, that the ring that Amy B. was wearing was never Amy K.'s ring. It was a ring that she got from her friend Raina. And Ivan said, Amy didn't just start wearing Raina's ring on the night of November 3rd. Ivan remembers her wearing it around October of 2000 as well, and the week of the Dragon's Halloween Ball. That's why I reached out to the photographer at the Dragon's Ball back in 2000. And shockingly, because Ivan told me what they were wearing, Ivan was dressed as Dracula and Amy was a French maid. This photographer scrolled through the hundreds of pictures and bam, he sent me a picture. And sure enough, it was of Ivan and Amy from 2000. However, Amy was wearing gloves, so you couldn't see if she was wearing a ring or not. Because I was like, I can't remember if she had that ring like at the Dragon's Ball, but it was around that time. But it's just really, again, that's what, what makes the case so odd. It is really coincidental that when you said that about the ring, they were showing off a different ring. That's the first time I've heard anything about that. And yeah, when when I said that I thought I caught him when they got back from Arkansas, I think it's because I did think that I saw that ring. So that's Man. why my timeline was fucked up. But now, yeah. that, now that I'm thinking about it, like, no, I didn't see him when he got back because he just got back for a day. To the best of my memory, it does seem like when I ran into him that she had a ring and they were, they mentioned being engaged. That does seem accurate. Are you saying that because what I've said about the ring? Or do you really honestly think that... Uh, I, no, I, I do, but for, for years now, I thought that after I'd seen it in the court report, that I was thinking that that might have been the stolen ring. I, I wish I was like 100%, but definitely it seems like they were talking about being engaged. 
Okay. And, and to be engaged, you would have to have a ring. I mean, like, that's... So I, it seems like she definitely had a ring and they were talking about being engaged, but could I tell you that I knew what it looked like or paid that much of attention? Man, I'm a dude. Like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna be but, like, but, oh, that's a pretty ring. Or, I'm not that dude. Well, in a percentage of zero to a hundred, how certain would you be that you actually saw a ring? Probably about 80%. Again, it was a brief encounter. It was like one of those things where, like, it's not like we were hanging out afterwards and stuff. It wasn't like that. But how certain are you that they told you they were engaged? Yeah, pretty certain. Like, in the 90s. But like you say, if they told you they were engaged, most of the time when people say they're engaged, they show a ring. Mm -hmm. That seems accurate. I mean, that does seem accurate. Although Amy said she had gotten this ring from Ivan at about 2 a.m. on November 4th, Amy said at trial that she and Ivan had told people before she actually got a ring that they were engaged. Ivan confirmed this. They were telling people they were engaged prior to November 4th. So the question becomes, did Derek see a ring on Amy Betcher's finger? Because if he did, Timeline-wise, it would be impossible for Derek to have seen Ivan and Amy at Laura's last chance after the murders. It would have had to been before the murders. And therefore, Amy B. was in fact wearing a ring, an engagement ring, other than Amy Kitchen's ring. But before Derek and I continued, he wanted to tell me this. I'll just be real blunt. If the dude sure. did it, F him. I was friends with the dude, but if he's some crazy dude that went and killed some people, well, then, yeah, execute him. It's, it's sad, but um, yeah. I, I certainly would never say anything that was inac- inaccurate. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not trying to get somebody off. Like, if he did it, screw him, you know? But it seems like, yeah, it, that definitely seems like that's accurate, that they were talking about being engaged. Fuck. I wish they'd asked me this stuff 15 years ago. I got a couple people I can call that I that I did have conversations with and see if they remember what I talked to them about. You know what? Uh, I know who I can call. I know exactly who I can call. He hollered my old roommate, DJ. Because he, he knew those guys also. He hung out sometimes. But yeah, again, where I stand on stuff is like, you know, if, if he did in fact do it, then, you know, He's gonna get. He gets what he deserves. He gets what he gets. Yeah, but um, but I've never thought that he did it. Yeah, let me yeah. let me see if I can have a couple conversations with people and see if it jars my memory a little bit more. Derek called me back the next day. Yeah, I was on the phone quite a bit after you and I talked because I you know I called a couple old roommates, and my brother, and was like, and it's an odd thing because like I don't know. There's there's part of me that, that, that thinks Ivan might have done it. You know what I mean? I'd wrap my head around that. And the ring thing is, yes, I saw a ring, and yes, they said they were engaged. My, I was a little bit, I was drinking and being a little cautious last night, but um, sure. But when I read the stuff in the um, in the trial, I thought that okay, well then I actually saw that ring. But know that when you said that, that there was another ring, I was like, that's, 
that's never crossed my mind to come up. Today, clear, clear headed. How, how certain? Because last night you were saying about eighty percent that you saw a ring. How, how certain would you be? I'm positive. I, I talked to my old roommate. He goes, "Yeah, he goes, yeah." We had that conversation, and I'm like, "I, I, I thought I did." I was like, <clears throat> you know, I thought I had had that conversation before, but it's been a while. He's like, "No, you, we had that conversation." But he said, "But you told me that." That's why you knew that he must have done it. And I'm like, yep, that's kind of what I remember. But that would have been post having read the trial stuff. And like, yeah, if there was, a, if he stole a ring and gave it to her, then that would have been the ring I saw, but not necessarily, not if she had another one. Not if she had another one and not, it just depending on when you saw it. But like I say, I don't think you could have seen it after the murders. No, I didn't see him. I didn't. I, no, I never saw him afterwards. I never saw him afterwards. But I do, but when I ran into him that night, I also remember him saying that they had been up for days. So, mm. yeah. And I definitely remember him being like, yeah, you know, they hadn't slept in a couple days. And I was like, fuck, dude, you know. So that is very interesting. Both Ivan and Amy had said they were, quote, partying, but up for days gives us a scope of how much partying or drugs they were really doing around this time. And that does make you think, well, if Ivan was up for days on drugs, that could lend credence to the narrative that Ivan could have killed James and Amy in a drug-fueled rage. But again, timeline-wise, this wouldn't have been the night of Ivan's midnight visit on November 3rd. So I wanted to try to pin down this date with Derek. Why do you think you know that the night you saw them at that restaurant, it was after the Dragon's Fall? How do I know that? Yeah. Well, well, because his mom had called me and asked if I'd seen him, and that was the last time I'd seen him. On the call the day before, Derek had said Ivan's mom, Sylvia, had called him looking for Ivan when she couldn't get a hold of him while Ivan and Amy were heading to Arkansas. Oh, okay, that's good. So his mom called you looking for him. Yeah. And that and was... This was that she was, was like, are you, are you, you know, she was like, are you a friend or are you a real friend? And I'm like, well, yeah, friends with him. I don't know what that means. I'm not, I'm not in that drug world, you know, but... So I, I think that's what she meant, but um, that's why I remember it was afterwards because his mom called asking. Yeah, that would have been probably the, the Saturday, the 4th. So if Sylvia called Derek looking for Ivan on Saturday, November 4th, and this encounter at Laura's Last Chance happened sometime after the Dragon's Halloween Ball the previous Saturday, in a future conversation, Derek will tell me that his best guesstimate for the date of this encounter would be the day after the Halloween Ball, Sunday, October 29th, which would line up with Ivan saying they were up for days because it was over that pre-Halloween weekend. For what it's worth, Ivan has said he didn't party like that on the weekdays when he was working the countrywide job. So, October 29th, six days before James and Amy Kitchen's bodies were found, is Derek's best guess for when this Laura's last chance encounter occurred. I then told Derek what Amy told me about the ring. So at trial, they say that Amy, that was Amy Kitchen's ring. And, and I asked Amy, even in Amy's statements, she says, Ivan gave me a ring that I later found out was Amy Kitchen's ring. And I've interviewed Amy. She kind of sticks with her main story, but 
I said, how did you know that was Amy Kitchen's ring? And she said, the cops told me that was Amy Kitchen's ring. But at that point, the ring was missing. Wow. Because all these, all these years when I read that in the trial thing, I have always been like, fuck that motherfucker. It just pissed me off to no end that, like, that's evil shit. And it, it bothered the hell out of me that I could have possibly been friends with somebody that was that, that I was that wrong about. But now that you said that, that changes a lot of how I'm thinking. Fuck. I'm just going to, again, because you're, you put so much of your personal time into this, I'm just going to throw some stuff at you. So evidently some people that Amy knew through an escort service. That's why I asked if you do anything about that. I don't have firsthand knowledge about any of this. This is like them talking, but she was setting him up to meet with like some syndicate. He used the term syndicate. It's kind of a foreign term to me at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was going to go meet with, some syndicate people in Houston about running escort services in Dallas. And this is where the story gets even crazier. But as I've come to realize, there actually is some legitimacy to Amy's story about Ivan having ties to mob kind of guys. And from what Derek is saying, maybe Amy did too. You'll remember Amy's stepdad Kramer told me this. So Amy called you after Ivan was arrested, and she says, Get me out of here. She said, yeah, she says, get me out of here. But I think it came out at at trial or something. She said, like, specifically, get me out of here. They're going to kill me. Is that something familiar? Yes. Well, and when she said, uh, get me out of here, they're going to kill me. If Ivan was arrested, who who were they? She thought he said she really believed he had a mob. She really believed that he was just big shot with this mob. Because at that time, I would, you know, I ran a corporate event facility next to convention center, and he approached me with that idea, like, you know, hey, you've got access to all these conventioneer dudes, and I was like, dude, I don't want any part of that shit. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> right. I'm not. I'm like, fuck no, I'm not a pimp, dude. You know, like, uh, but. And that's when I was saying he'd kind of like gone off the radar for a little bit. Um, and but when was this conversation about Houston? It was after he was dating her. Um, this would have been before Halloween party. It was one of those things that he pro- he when he brought it up, I was like, "Fuck no!" <laughs> like I'm not. No, I'm not interested in that, dude. But it was. It but, seemed like. Amy was introducing him to the syndicate or how was this, where is this, that, how was he getting tied in? That, that's my memory. But in hindsight, what I know of her, that doesn't seem right. Like, unless she just like knew somebody that was a pimp that she had been pimped out with and he was going to, who knows? I don't know. I, I, I think Ivan met her as an escort. I think that that's how he met her. Wasn't she doing like escorting or something? I never heard it was exactly escorting. I heard more of just like she was stripping. But did you hear she was actually an escort? Over the years, it seems like somebody has said that to me. Because hmm. that's, you know, that's one of those things I thought like, well, you know, is there another party that's out there that, you know, we're talking about if it could have been somebody else. That's the thing I've always wondered is if there was somebody else that Amy was protecting. And that's why I, I said you've been working on this for a year and a half. 
you don't want to have everybody trying to paint butterflies and sunshine because there was there was some darkness going on around that shit too. Basically, I think once he started hanging out with that Amy chick, is I think I think that she was a meth head and he started down that path. He might have done it before that. I don't know, but I I never saw him do that shit. When I started seeing that kind of shit, I'm like, no, no, I don't want to be around fucking drug addicts. And there was a lot of crazy shit that was going on late in that scenario. Like, you know, it was it was getting a little bit dark. I mean, once you introduce people that are doing meth and stuff into the scene, and like, I saw some shit that I that spooked the fuck out of me. Like, I was like, I got to get away from that that crowd, you know. But Dallas was a crazy. I mean, it probably still is. It's Dallas, but. Yeah, it was like nonstop. There were parties everywhere. There's always somewhere to be. There was always, you know, after the bars closed, there's an after party. There's a this party. There's a, I mean, it just, it was a nonstop. Yeah, trying to wrap your head around like what happened. Like, so what I saw, he said he'd been up for days. Next thing I know, I hear that his cousin's been murdered. You know, I saw, actually, Bob had called me and told me to turn on the news. But no, I don't think anybody thought that Ivan, didn't even cross my mind that Ivan would have been the one that did it. And the next thing I know, I get a call from his mom, and then I hear that he's got arrested, and then I, suddenly we're like, what the fuck? What is going on? We'll be getting back to this syndicate mob angle, because as it turns out, there is a lot more to that story, which will be coming in upcoming episodes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. But when it comes to Derek's statement about seeing Ivan and Amy at the bar, that is on neither of their timelines from November 2nd to November 8th, the day of Ivan's arrest. If Derek is positive, he saw Amy wearing a ring, and that's why he assumed for 20 years that it must have been after the murders. That's a big deal, because that would certainly indicate that there would have been a second ring in play. And Amy Betcher was wearing a ring, other than Amy Kitchen's ring, at least prior to the murders. This would have been crucial information for a private investigator to uncover leading up to Ivan's trial so he could try to nail down the date of this encounter through witness interviews and surveillance footage or receipts from the bar. However, you'll remember Ivan's trial attorneys did not hire a private investigator or even call any witnesses on Ivan's behalf during the guilt and innocence phase of his capital murder trial. But right now, that's just one guy's story about seeing Amy Betcher possibly wearing a ring other than Amy Kitchens. That is very interesting, but will it be compelling for the courts? Well, what if there were other witnesses that have a similar story from another night?
Actually, there are. Two guys, in fact. In November of 2020, another of Ivan's old friends contacted me. He didn't want to do an interview as of now. I'll explain why in a second. And for this podcast, we'll call him Johnny. Johnny had known Ivan since grade school, but they had kind of lost touch after high school. Fast forward to their early 20s, you'll remember Ivan was working for that traveling dance competition show called Showbiz. Well, Johnny was waiting tables at that time, and Ivan got him a job with Showbiz too. And then Ivan and Johnny were traveling the country, setting up these dance competition events every weekend. So that's how they reconnected and had remained friends through their 20s. Like Derek, Johnny thought for 20 years Ivan must have committed the murders because he too saw Amy showing off an engagement ring. This is a statement from Johnny about what he remembers from the encounter and it's being read by an actor. I was at my apartment in Addison Circle. It was early in the night and Ivan called and I was ignoring his calls and over the answering machine, I heard him say, Johnny, pick up the phone. Johnny, pick up the phone. And he sounded like he was all messed up and wanted to party. I didn't call him back. And then my buddy Ken called me. His buddy's name was actually something else. But for this podcast, we'll change it to Ken. And Ken said Ivan was coming over to his place. Ken also had an apartment in Addison Circle. And Ken said, he's your friend and he's effed up on drugs. Get your ass over here. So I said, well, shit, better get over there. I went over to Ken's. And I remember Ivan was wearing a full-on suit, like, you know, he was about to go out to a club. Amy was wearing a red dress. Ivan was on drugs, but other than that, he was acting normal. I had no inclination that he had just killed someone. Amy was in no way afraid of Ivan. She was like, oh my God, check this out. And she was showing off the ring. Ivan was showing off the ring, too. And I remember grabbing Ivan and being like, Ivan, what the fuck? You're engaged. What the hell? He was like, yeah, man. They were at Ken's apartment for two to three hours. And when I try to think back, if the murders happened on the Friday, I thought it must have been that Sunday. But Ken thinks it would have been that Monday or Tuesday following the murders. Ken thinks they must have come back to his place after Arkansas. I've known Ivan since fifth grade, and figuring out this night is make or break for Ivan. I'm 100% sure I saw a ring. I just can't say with any certainty what night that was. I just wish someone asked me back then. So in order to try to figure this out, I needed Ivan's phone records because Johnny said those phone records will show Ivan calling his house phone when Ivan was saying, Johnny, pick up, Johnny, pick up. 
and will also show the call to Ken's apartment right after that. So maybe, unlike Derek's encounter at Laura's Last Chance, we could pin down what night Johnny and Ken saw Ivan, Amy, and the ring. But at that point, I only had Ivan's apartment phone records. I didn't even realize Ivan's cell phone records existed, but Tammy had some, and Ivan had some. Tammy had the majority of the two months prior to Ivan's arrest, and Ivan had from November 1st to November 7th, the main days in question. Ivan had gotten those dates apparently some years ago because he wanted to prove that he was calling Detective Wynn, the lead homicide detective, before his arrest. Like Ivan said in his statement in episode two, which his phone records did show, after getting back to Dallas from Arkansas on November 7th, Ivan called Detective Wynn's police number at 9.12 p.m. and also at 10.49 p.m. So when Ivan went back through the phone records, looking for Johnny or Ken's numbers from November 1st to November 7th, he didn't see any of the numbers I had for Johnny or Ken. However, he did make a stunning revelation, which I'll get back to momentarily. Continuing this Johnny and Ken thread, I got all the records that Tammy had and all the records that Ivan had, and so I had the last two months of cell phone records for Ivan, and I searched them for all the possible numbers I had for Johnny or Ken. There were no hits on Johnny's numbers in the record, but there was a hit for Ken's number. Ivan called Ken's number on September 28th, three times right before noon that day. Could that have been the date of the encounter? I doubt it. The time of day doesn't match up from what Johnny was saying. He said it was evening, and those calls were before noon, and that date was over a month prior to the murders. However, when I asked Ivan when this encounter could have happened, he didn't remember exactly, but he said he would figure around a few weeks or maybe a month prior to the murders. The way Ivan remembers the encounter is he and Amy were coming from a happy hour in Addison Circle, and they just bumped into Ken walking outside, and then they went up to his apartment for a bit and had a few drinks up there. He doesn't remember calling either one of them. That call on September 28th doesn't seem to fit. At first, I didn't see how Johnny and Ken's memory could have been that far off on the date. However, after 20 years, is it like Derek's memory? And they just always assumed it must have been after the murders, after they heard about the ring. Now, in all the newspaper articles that I've come across regarding the case or Ivan's trial, they never mentioned the ring, and the trial was almost a year after the murders. So it is likely that the ring became public knowledge in their friend group by word of mouth sometime maybe months or years after the trial. So by that point, could Johnny and Ken witnessing Amy with a ring have actually been weeks or a month prior? And then their memory just backdated it to after the murders like Derek. I don't know, but there is no record of Ivan calling Johnny or Ken other than those calls to Ken on September 28th. So it seems the phone records will not be able to prove what evening Ivan and Amy were at Ken's apartment showing off the ring. And that's why Johnny was hesitant to do an interview, 
because he couldn't say with any certainty about the date of the encounter. But he is certain he saw a ring. So again, we just have to look back at Ivan and Amy's timeline. Ivan and Amy were confirmed to be out of town in Arkansas the majority of the evenings after the murders up until Ivan's arrest. Again, they were only in Dallas the night of November 3rd and the night of the 7th. And Johnny said they were over at Ken's for hours, two to three hours, he'd estimate. There's just no way that both Ivan and Amy would forget that big chunk of time in their timelines. Also, Johnny said Ivan was wearing a suit. That's not what Amy described him wearing on the 3rd. And he wouldn't have had a suit on coming back to Dallas from Arkansas before going back to Tawny's. Johnny even remembers them talking about going out to a club after the encounter. And when looking at Ivan's phone records on November 7th, that night coming back to Dallas and going to Tawny's, Ivan was burning up the phone line. From 7 p.m. to 11 p.m., he was making about 10 calls an hour, not to mention trying to get a hold of a homicide detective. So this just does not sound like this encounter could have happened after the murders. And while Ivan's cell phone records didn't provide any answers for the Johnny and Ken situation, they opened up another rabbit hole. Here's the stunning revelation regarding these cell phone records I mentioned earlier. And it's a real mind-bender. Ivan said he hadn't looked back at these records in years. And back then, he was just circling those calls to Detective Wynn. But when he went back through the calls around the days of the murders, he noticed four calls that jumped out at him that he says he never made. On November 4th, you'll remember when Ivan and Amy were on the way to Arkansas Four calls were made from his cell phone to their apartment phone. Ivan says Amy must have been talking to someone in the apartment when he was driving out to Arkansas. Now this is crazy, but at 12.14 p.m., a four-minute call was made from the cell phone to the apartment phone. Then again, at 12.18 p.m., a three-minute call was made. And at 1.39 p.m., a one-minute call was made. And then at 1.40 p.m., a 20-minute call was made to their apartment phone. You see, Amy was using that cell phone too. She didn't have a cell phone back in 2000, so she would just use Ivan's whenever. There are calls made to her friend's numbers in these records as well. After Ivan told me about these four calls, I was super perplexed, perhaps how you are right now. I asked him, who could she have been talking to? He said he had no idea, but it was someone inside that apartment. And then I asked him how he didn't notice since they were in the car together. And he said he was probably just jamming out to some music driving, and he just figured she was talking to one of her girlfriends. Let's look at the possibilities here. So could this have just been multiple pocket dials? Doubtful. Certainly not for 20 minutes. They had an answering machine. The line should have been disconnected after a few minutes. And I've heard all the answering machine messages. There were no open-air calls with Ivan and Amy in the car. 
So possibility B, could Ivan have actually made these calls and is lying about it? It is possible. But who would Ivan have been talking to? And you would think that if Ivan knew someone was in the apartment, he would have brought up their name when the bloody jeans and socks were discovered. So for argument's sake, let's assume Amy was talking with someone in the apartment. Who could it have been? Was it Amy's brother? But he was already supposed to be back in Minnesota. Was it someone connected to this syndicate that Derek spoke of? Or could it have been Carlos and Anthony? I don't know yet, and we'll have to see what additional information can be generated now that Amy B. is no longer with us. But these phone calls to the apartment while Ivan and Amy were headed to Arkansas is another piece of information to suggest someone else had access to their apartment. And possibly, Amy B. was making moves behind Ivan's back. But jumping back to the ring, I know this type of circumstantial evidence will not hold up in court because we can't pin down these dates as of yet. But now there's three people that saw Amy B. with a ring that would have seemed to have taken place prior to the murders. And that makes for a compelling argument that there was a second ring. And there's one person that may be able to shed some light on that. Raina. Raina, this is Sylvia. Hello. Raina has been located. Next time on Cousins by Blood. find out more about the case and to see pictures, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cousins by Blood Podcast. If you're a fan of the podcast, please give a five-star rating on iTunes. If you have any information about the case, you can email me at cousinsbybloodpodcast at gmail.com. Mixing and mastering by Jody Abbott. Thank you for listening and stay tuned.